Thank you for joining us for this week's 908 message. 908 is a contemporary, student-led ministry based out of Concordia St. Paul. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We hope you join us some Wednesday night and are blessed through the words of our speaker. Father God, thank you so much for these opportunities we have to come together as a community and worship and praise you. Be with us tonight as we continue to worship and as we continue to learn more about the relationship that you have with us and the relationship we can have with each other. Um, be with Shelley. Let the words that she speaks be your words and let us hear what we need to hear from you in them tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hi, y'all. For those of you that I've not met before, uh, my name is Shelley and I am... Uh, what is called a campus ministry, university ministry associate. So I'm a director of Christian education. I work with Pastor Tom here at CSP Ministry. And um, I'm really excited to share with you all this evening. I was asked to share a few weeks ago, and the polar vortex happened. And so we didn't do that. Uh, but at that point, I felt really impressed upon my heart to share with you about the story of Ruth, and it, it's all about relationships. So it just happened to get rescheduled the day before Valentine's Day. That if, apparently that's what Jesus wanted to happen. So uh, that's what we're going to be talking about a little bit this evening. And um, I just want to preface this by this is not. The story of Ruth is not a prescriptive story. What I mean by that is, it's not, hey, go follow some guy in a field and then he'll ask you to marry him. That's not a thing. Well, I mean, it was for Ruth, but like, <laughs> but like, it's not an instruction manual. It's a, it's a descriptive story. Uh, and so we're gonna, but I think there's some really incredible things that we can learn uh, from it. So this is what, um, this is what I'm going to share with y'all. Can I snag this stand? Is that cool? Yes. Without ruining everything. Oh, this is awesome. Cool. Yay. Uh, so in order to do that though, uh, I need to give you a little bit of backstory because I know not everybody is like, sweet, I super duper know the story of Ruth. Um, but, so this is, this is the, like, speed-through version of the book of Ruth. If you want to follow along, it is on page 222. You can find it there if you want to, like, flip through things. Uh, I would definitely recommend a read of it. It's six chapters. So, like, if you're looking for a really good, juicy Old Testament story, like, this is a good place to go. It is like the telenovela of the Old Testament. So this is what happens. Uh, Dylan, can you go to the slide with the list of names? Perfect. So here are the list of the characters in the story. Elimelech, it's a mouthful, that's the first guy. He is the dad of the family. And Elimelech and his wife Naomi are in Bethlehem. It's a town we know, right? There is a famine that happens, so they leave and go to the land of Moab. Now, Moab was kind of outside the bounds of what God said was cool. Like, there were, um, 
Let's just say the way that that family tree showed up was pretty sketchy. So God said, hey, don't intermarry with the Moabites. But the famine happened. Elimelech and Naomi go to Moab. They end up having two sons, Malon and Kilion. Malon and Kilion grow up. They get married to two women named Orpah and Ruth. We don't know a whole lot about what happened there at Moab, but for some reason, all of a sudden, uh, Elimelech, Malon, and Kilion are dead and out of the picture. We don't get a lot of details. And so Naomi says, I am bitter. She changes her name to Mara, which means bitter. And she's like, I'm going home. I'm going back to Bethlehem. And Naomi, or I mean Ruth and Orpah, you stay put because you can get remarried and figure that out here because you're Moabites and whatever. And uh, Orpah's like, okay, cool, I'll stay home. And Ruth, this is where you hear like this uh, famous passage of where you go, I'll go, where you stay, I'll stay. Ruth says this to her mother-in-law, Naomi, like, I'm going with you. So Ruth, even though she's not from Bethlehem or anything, she goes back to Bethlehem with Naomi and, um, and so it's just in time for the barley harvest. They get back to Bethlehem. And so Ruth says, in this system, we are two widows. There's nobody to take care of us. Women are very dependent on men in this society, right? So uh, Ruth says, I got to go to work. And there was this concept called gleaning, where the farmers would leave uh, like kind of the leftovers of what wasn't the best grain behind so that people in the margins, the marginalized, uh, would have stuff to eat. So Ruth gets out there in the field behind all the workers and she's picking up the leftovers, right? So her and Naomi have stuff to eat. And here's Boaz. Enter Boaz, right? He is this um, very wealthy landowner guy, well-respected, um, honorable man who has, it's real fun to read this part in the, in, the, in the book. It talks about how he greets his employees of like, the Lord be with you and also with you. And it's very just like happy and cheery. And um, he is just such a well-respected guy. He sees Ruth. He kind of knows some of the backstory of who Naomi is. And he says to his employees, hey, drop a little extra grain for her. Make sure she's taken care of. She goes, or he goes to Ruth and says, hey, I've heard about you. I heard that you wouldn't leave your mother-in-law and you came back with her and you're looking after her. And so would you come eat lunch with us, with my, with my employees and I? So she does, they get to know each other, right? The barley harvest, he says, don't go to anyone else's field. Stay put and glean here because you might not be safe. You might be harassed or otherwise in other people's fields. I'm going to look after you. So Ruth goes back to Naomi and says, Naomi, I met this nice guy named Boaz and he was like taking care of me and it was super cool. And Naomi says, he is one of our family redeemers. What that means is if there is a death in the family there, it's like the job of the next of kin to make sure they look after those people. Does that make sense? So there's, there's even like a lineup of how that works. Oh yeah, Boaz, we know him. He's one of our family's redeemers. But 
he is not the closest redeemer. Like, he's not the most in charge or responsible. So he's going out of his way to look after Ruth, even though it's not even really his responsibility. So Naomi says, hey, the barley harvest is over. All the workers are going to the threshing floor to, like, separate the good stuff from the bad stuff. And y'all, the threshing floor was, like, not a super legit place, okay? Eat, drink, and be merry going on there. All kinds of prostitutes showing up once the eating and drinking gets done, right? Having a good old time. Naomi gives Ruth some horrendous advice. You need to know this in this book. I think Naomi was very concerned that Ruth and her were not going to have job, like life security, and we're not going to be looked after. So Naomi says, Ruth, Boaz has only seen you a hot mess because you've been out in his field working hard. So I want you to get gussied up, perfume, hair, the whole nine. Go to the threshing floor. Uncover his feet. Whatever that means. <laughs> and lay at his feet and he will tell you what to do. So Ruth honoring her mother-in-law, does that. And she shows up at the threshing floor amongst some activity, right, to this honorable man, Boaz, who had eaten and drank a celebration after a famine, right, a harvest celebration after a famine. And he says, who is that at my feet? She goes, uncovers his feet. Who is that at my feet? She's like, I'm Ruth. And when uh, and Naomi says um, to say, tell, he'll tell you what to do. But instead, Naomi says, I'm Ruth. Would you cover me with your wing of protection, of provision? Basically, basically saying, translating, hey, if you want to put a ring on it, I'm cool with that. <laughs> this is what she's saying. And he says, there is a redeemer closer in line than me. I got to do the right thing and work through the proper channels. Stay put here this evening because it's not safe for you to go back out amidst the crazy. And before everybody else wakes up and comes to, we will make sure that you get home and get home with lots of extra barley and grain for you and your mother-in-law. Uh, but so your reputation will be protected, but you'll also be provided for. So the next morning, up and at him, she goes home. Naomi says, so hey, how'd it go, right? Because either hopefully hoping for a proposal or to get pregnant, right? Let's keep it real. So that day, Boaz goes to the city gates, finds the next kin redeemer, and says, here's the deal. You can buy this land from Naomi and get all this, get all this extra. He's like, oh, that sounds good. But hey, Ruth goes along with the deal. And he's like, oh yeah, that's going to mess up all of my inheritance and all of my lineage stuff. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and do that? So Boaz goes to her and they get married and they have a son. And that ends up being the family line of a couple of generations down, King David, who leads to Jesus, right? Cool, cool story. So cool. We desperately need stories like the story of Ruth. I just want to share a few thoughts. I'll make it brief. Um, but I think that we desperately need stories like this one and people like this one. 
because it's fun for us to watch New Girl and How I Met Your Mother, right? Hey, I watch them too. Y'all, let's be real. These are not stories and characters to learn about what life best looks like. In relationships or single, this is not where to get the information about how that looks and how that works well. We need stories like this one to say, oh man, when it could have been easy to step outside of the bounds, look at these people who honored the Lord first. Um, And so I just think this is really incredible and it's an encouragement for us to say, hey, as people, and you know what, if you're not a Jesus follower, like, you get, a, you get a break from this. But those of you who have signed on to following Jesus, we are called to do this life differently. We are called to live with honor and seek first his kingdom. And that looks different. And so I just want to point out just a couple, a couple of points. You can go ahead, Dylan. Thank you. Ruth, let's look at Ruth for a second. Ruth is a great friend to Naomi, Right? Like, she went away from her family. She could have got remarried right away. All these things. She, she didn't go back to Bethlehem with Naomi and say, okay, we need to, like, find some guys quick or whatever. Like, she went out to the field and worked her tail off to provide for her mother-in-law that she literally could have, she had been released from. Right? We see this incredible woman of character to the point where Boaz says, I heard about you, like, I've heard about your reputation, how you are so faithful and so caring um, and, and putting others before yourself. And then look at Boaz. He is honorable. Like he was responsible with his finances. He's a great boss, all these things. But then he's looking after somebody who is marginalized, looking after an outsider that wasn't his responsibility. And you know, you look at King David a little bit further down the road, He was in a similar, uh, not a similar situation, but he was in a situation with Bathsheba with a power imbalance and his decisions and choices were very different. Boaz does not look to take advantage of this woman who would not be noticed if he chose to do that. Instead, he protects her and and everything that he is doing and, and talking to her and interacting with her is all out in front of people, all out in front of those who know that he's honorable and respected. He invites her to lunch with a whole group of people. It's not like off to the side so he can manipulate the situation. I think that's incredible. Uh, And so I want to say to us here, y'all, it's important for us to work on our character. I think sometimes we get in this mindset of like, oh, it's college. I get a pass for a while, right? I can be stupid or make weird choices for a bit. You are working on your character that will shape the rest of your life right now. This is the deal. Like, we are who we are becoming right now. And we're creating habits. And and I want to say this. Who you are single, you will be married. A switch doesn't flip. And so Naomi and Boaz are, are living this beautiful story well before they're connected. The third thing I want to say is this. Things don't always go as planned. We don't get any of Ruth's previous chapters, right? Like, she's already lived through one marriage in devastating heartbreak. We, don't, we get this beautiful, like, oh my gosh, look at Ruth's story. But, like, she has been through stuff. This was not cheaply earned. 
And, uh, and, and so things don't always go as, as planned, and sometimes scarcity or fear can trick us into desperation. I think that we see that in the advice that Naomi gives. She's afraid that they're not going to be looked out for. And sometimes when we get desperate, or we think, oh man, am I always going to be alone? So maybe I need to lower my standards. Or maybe I need to do things I don't feel comfortable with, or I know that, that aren't in line with my faith, uh, to, to make sure I'm not alone. Or maybe I settle for somebody who doesn't treat me well. Well, it's better than not being alone. I can tell you what, that is not true. <laughs> um, I, uh, I think it's, it's so common for us to get tripped up from trusting God's word about our value and who we are, and also about his faithfulness towards us uh, when we get scared and when we think, oh my goodness, maybe this is my last chance. Maybe this is my only hope. Guess what? God is way bigger than that. He's way better at his job than that. And I understand the scarcity thing, right? Like you might be saying, dude, all my people are like pairing up and stuff and this is weird. But I want to I wanna show you this image. I got a kick out of it. I thought it was funny. But maybe you don't think it's funny. It says the Christian dating pool after Bible college. It's okay. Maybe you didn't think it was funny. <laughs> There can be this pressure to say, if I don't figure this out here and now, my options are over. I'm running out of, I'm running out of water. And I'll tell you, like, I didn't plan on, for those of you, there are a lot of you who don't know me that well in this room, but I didn't plan on being 32 years old and not being married. I'm not sure what I planned on, but I don't think it was that. And I've had, I've had students say to me, I've had people say to me, like, your spot right now, like, your story is kind of my worst fear. First of all, it's not that bad. Like, I have a pretty cool life. And, and things are all right. But I have to say, there are moments where you have to step back and say, this is not what I thought it would look like. And so does that change my character? More importantly, does that change what I believe about God's character? Uh, and so not letting fear change our character or lower our standards, uh, but understanding that I, as a single person, as an unmarried person, am going to be that same person when I get married. And so knowing that, like, I want to do that right. I don't want to cheapen that. I don't want to lessen that. Um, I love that Boaz, when Ruth goes to him, he had her right there. And even honorable people in a situation like that are kind of set up for failure. But he stopped and he said, you know what, I need to run this by the guy who's next in line. He didn't try to grab outside the bounds, he followed the rules and entrusted that God was going to work that out. And the community in that, in that community, if you read it, is so excited for him that this is how this all worked out. One of my favorite verses, and we read it a little bit earlier, is Matthew 6.33, and it says this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. 
Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. If you seek his kingdom, he's going to take care of the rest. And that's what Ruth and Boaz were about. Just ordinary folks being faithful with what was put in front of them and honoring God the best they could with it and letting him work out the details. I remember, um, I remember sitting in Walliger Hall, my room in Walliger, it was a girl's dorm when I was a student here. Uh, I remember sitting on the floor of my room. One particular week, it seemed like all my closest people had found their person. And like literally all of those relationships that started that week ended in marriage. And I remember sitting on my floor being like, okay, I don't want to be needy here, Lord. But like, really? Just making sure you didn't forget about me. And this was the word that was put in front of me. Hey, Shelly, just keep doing what I'm asking you to do. Being faithful with what I've put in front of you. And I'm going to take care of the rest. Keep picking up that grain. Keep dealing well with what you have. And I'm going to, I'm going to take care of the rest. Um, and for me, I'll be vulnerable with you and say for me, it's, sometimes it's come down to asking myself, Shelly, is Jesus on the cross given to you on the cross enough? Or do you think God owes you more than that? That's a gut punch. When did Jesus stop being enough? Yeah. Yeah, God, you don't owe me anything. And I trust that you are good at your job to know what I need and to go back to praying, thy kingdom come, just like Jesus did. He didn't pray He never prayed, uh, my spouse come, did he? He prayed, thy kingdom come. And some of us, the kingdom is going to come better through us in a marriage relationship. And some of us, he's got plans for it solely. And maybe that's for a season. Like, I think about, I will never wish away this season because I get to live life with y'all in a way that I couldn't otherwise. Praise God for that. That's important. I think about how I get to show up for and be anti for lots of little people in my world. Praise God for that. That's special. Now, okay, if that wanted to change, would I be willing to rearrange some things? I mean, I'm sure I could work that out, right? But being faithful with what God has put in, put in front of us and not a wishing away or... Um, or tossing aside, and I could talk about that for a long time. And actually, shameless plug, if you're interested, I did a talk a couple of summers ago at uh, the LCMS National Youth Gathering called Singleness, Not Just for Cat Ladies and Basement Dudes. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it if you need some encouragement. That's cool. But y'all, Jesus was single. I think we're going to be okay. Right? Whatever God has for us, he is good at taking care of us and knowing what we need. So my last thing is this. What I'm not saying is that it is bad to want a relationship. I don't think that's bad at all. Look at Ruth and Boaz. It's awesome. I think we have to be careful that our identity is not hung up on that. That we're not going to be just disheveled. Uh, and destroyed 
if a, if a romantic relationship doesn't work out or if that's not what God is calling us to. Uh, but I think there is actually a lot of encouragement in this story to be bold and clear in relationships in a God-honoring way. Boaz steps up and provides for Ruth over and over and over again. Like, he is a protector in a crazy cool way, and I love that. Uh, and, and he was clear um, about his intentions to take care of her. Ruth, she shows her cards. She gets up and says, you know what? If you want to marry me, like, this is cool. Like, go right ahead. You, I'm on board with that. Uh, I was dating someone a couple of years ago and was talking to a couple of friends of mine who got married a little bit later in life, and, and something they were encouraging me with was this, and I want to pass it on to you because it's the best advice I think I've ever been given. They said, here's the deal. If you're with someone dating, it's either going to end up in a breakup or marriage, right? That's pretty much it. So why not live that the other person would be better off for having spent time with you? I love that. Are you living in a way that somebody is going to be more loved, more healthy, know Jesus even better for having spent time with you on the other side of that relationship should it end? Wow. Think about Boaz and Ruth. She was like cared for and loved in an incredible way, even if they wouldn't have gotten together. Like he provided for them in an incredible way, right? Hope you can take that with you. I'll close with this. Though many of us in this room will probably end up being married at some point, it's important for us to understand that God didn't promise us marriage. He promised us his son. God is good and kind, working out good stories for all of us. So pray for yourself to be prepared for that. If you're single and want to pray to be married, do that. If you want to pray, like, pray for those that you're dating and for your future spouse, like, that's a good idea. But even more than that, pray to seek first his kingdom, that everything else would be added unto you. And if you're saying that, Shelly, you know what? I haven't been honorable. I've ruined my story. I haven't lived like Ruth and Boaz. Well, if you think you ruined your story, you're not that powerful. God is way more creative than that. Ruth, the book of Ruth is all about God's, God's love and provision, despite and in spite sin, hardship, death even. And we have the greatest redeemer there ever is, Jesus a love for you on this day and tomorrow. Let's hear that. And the next day, a love for you that is unmatched. You are chosen first and best. Nobody could be chosen, well, everybody is chosen like you, but specifically, you are chosen with a love by your creator and redeemer. And it is that kind of love for us as his kids that he has made and provided for and redeemed, that we can breathe easy and know that we're not called to be flashy. We're called to be faithful, ordinary, faithful folks, trusting 
in the faithfulness of a ridiculous, loving God. We need more people in our life, in our world, like Ruth and Boaz. Living beautiful lives of love and trust in the Lord. God, would you help us be them? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord. Uh, for the gift of stories like Ruth and Boaz and other people um, in the scriptures and in our lives, God, that are just examples of what it looks like to live honoring you in lots of different kinds of seasons of life. Uh, Lord, would you help us to seek first your kingdom and trust that you love us so ridiculously much that you're working out the rest for us. Father, I pray for those in this room uh, that need healing in these ways that say, oh man, I have messed up and I don't know how to go from here. God, would you um, invite people to walk alongside them in love and to speak your forgiveness? Uh, Lord, would you guide us in relationships that look like you, look like how you love us because uh, nobody could love us like you do. You love us best. You love us first. We're chosen. We could never be unchosen because of the gift of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go in peace.